Hey there, you're listening to Chase Stories Chats with Marcelino Perez, a series where I sit down with friends and talk about their life stories and journeys. We dive into their passions and how they got to where they are now, discussing the good, the bad, and the funny all along the way. Everyone has an important story to share, and there are valuable lessons we can take away from each one. Welcome back to another Chase Stories Chat. My name's Marcelino, and today I'm joined with my friend Levi. Levi, thank you for joining me. What's up, guys? Uh, Levi, I I don't know personally, um, but I know him through a friend, Robel, um, and he introduced us. And you know, we Levi and I kind of chatted a little bit beforehand, and I'm super excited for you all to hear his story and what he's up to. Um, so to start, this is how we usually started off, Levi. We usually started off with a cheers. So cheers to you. I got my water here. Cheers. Uh, <laughs> what are you drinking today? Um, just a little bit of a sugar-free Red Bull. <laughs> 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 got to keep me going after work, you know. I like it, man. Um, and usually, Levi, we always start with the hardest questions first, okay? It's tradition. Great. Um, so... Um, are you familiar with the animal, the platypus? Uh, I've heard of it, but no, not too familiar. Okay. Do you know what it looks like? I have this image of my mind of it looking somewhere between like a walrus and a seal. Something like that. <laughs> You're way <laughs> off. Oh, dang, I'm wrong. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, but usually I, I ask the most obscure things to start just to break the ice. Um, yeah. That's funny. I'm gonna have to show you a picture real quick before we continue because yeah. I think you're a uh, you're kind of far off. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Um, here, there we go. All right, this is a platypus. Oh, so it's in the water ish. Yeah. <laughs> but it's more I'll like a uh, like a duck with a. Be kind of know. great, dope. <laughs> well, I was gonna ask you about the platypus. I was gonna ask you is a platypus a duck or a beaver? Ah. It has like a beaver tail and a duck face, so I don't know mm. what it is. No idea. <laughs> no idea. That's usually, I mean, we've got a poll going on, it's a very heated debate. That's usually okay. how we... <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> well, hey, Levi, could you tell us um, a little bit about yourself? I know that you are a dental hygienist. Um, you told yeah. me a little bit about that, but could you sort of go? You know more in depth about what you do um, and how you got into it, and sort of you know who you are as well. Yeah, yeah. So I am um, currently a dental hygienist uh, and also fourth year dental student. So I'll be a dentist in uh, about nine to ten months now from now awesome. uh, in May of two thousand twenty one. So. Um, I'll backtrack from that. I'm originally from the San Francisco Bay Area, born and raised um, in San Francisco. Then I moved to the East Bay, went to, went to <clears throat> high school in Oakland um, with Robel. Mm-hmm. That's how we know each other. Um, from high school, I went to community college for one year over at DDC. It's a community college in the East Bay. Oh, yeah, um, I know DDC. Yeah, yeah. So I went for one year. Um, and then uh, with all intents and purposes to transfer to a university. Mm-hmm. Um, 
transferred to USC in Southern California, University of Southern California in 2011. Um, and then I've been pretty much in LA ever since. So I graduated with my bachelor's in dental hygiene, bachelor's of science in dental hygiene in 2015. Um, I taught at the university as an associate professor. Um, I taught clinical dental hygiene. So I taught uh, the first year dental hygiene students how to use instruments, how to work with patients, how to you know take blood pressure, kind of like basic baseline. Mm -hmm. um, entry-level hygiene stuff. Did that for one year. Then uh, the following year when I was working in private practice, I uh, decided to go, that I wanted to go back to dental school. So I got pretty serious about it, took some extra classes. So I had to take physics, I had to take organic chemistry uh, and their associated labs. And then I applied to dental school, got accepted in 2017. And then three years later, or four years later, I guess almost now, uh, here we are. Damn, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's all in a nutshell. And so I think, and why I think Robel connected us a lot was you are very, you have a very, um, you have like a pretty large um, social media platform. And yeah. do you want to talk a little bit about what your message is through that and, you know, what, what sort of stuff that you post on there? Yeah, hundred percent. So, um, yeah, I've, I've been I've been taking social media, like Instagram specifically, pretty seriously, probably since two thousand seventeen. Mm -hmm. um, so for about three years now, um, really like the latter part of two thousand seventeen, so like two and a half now. Um, and it's been it's had a really big impact on uh, me for developing the reasons like why I continue to do dentistry and, and also why mentorship is so important to me. Mm -hmm. um, so through through uh, social media, I've been able to partner with a bunch of different companies. Um, the companies that I choose and, and prefer to partner with are companies that are usually based out of service. So one uh, really, really big company that I, I am working with and have been working with kind of since inception is called Figs. Um, they're a medical apparel scrubs company. Um, really, really big company. They're kind of like a, um, uh, like they're a big player in the space in terms of having um, like performance uh medical wear not just like your old boxy kind of ugly looking scrubs like yeah they're pretty like fitted tailored they have like jogger scrubs and stuff but uh past the mission of being like an aesthetic company and having like have really cool colors and styles and stuff i think the mission is what really draws me into mm -hmm. this company um they're similar to tom's shoes and that okay. they donate a pair of scrubs for every pair that's purchased and so on average they're donating like hundreds of thousands of scrubs annually um one of the vessels in which they are able to donate those scrubs is by doing mission trips mm -hmm. and so uh every year because it's a medical a medical wear company or a medical apparel company they uh their influencers are like their brand ambassadors are usually people who work in the medical field. So me and Dental, one of my buddies who works at Cedar sinai he's an internal medicine, Dr. Jeff Toll. He's um, obviously an MD. I have a bunch of friends who are nurses, a bunch of friends who are PAs, um, you know, across the spectrum, veterinarians even. Mm -hmm. And we all kind of get together um, and we're are able to share stories like across platforms about you know what makes us successful in our trade, what kind of drives us, what keeps us going. Um, but again, the 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 way that they're able to donate those scrubs is they do a mission trip annually. So mm -hmm. this past year in November, I was actually fortunate enough to be selected to go on their mission trip to India, and so I went to India for. Um, 10 days and of the 10 days six of them were uh had a clinic and so we we had a free clinic that was like in a very remote 
part of like northeast india like you wouldn't uh -huh. even think it was india because it's in between like burma and china oh, okay um, so everyone who we served was like asian it was it was like a, it was a kind of a strange thing i just didn't know you know what i mean mm -hmm. um so it was really cool, a very humbling experience. Um, it was a multidisciplinary mission. So, you know, we did anything from extractions and teeth to prescribing medications to doing like low level surgeries that we could do. Um, a lot of like, like, um, um, uh, ultras, like, um, like not ultrasonic, but like a lot, a lot of like uh, X-ray stuff. So we were doing a lot of diagnosing for patients and, you know, prescribing and giving them the necessary treatment that they needed. So that's one way that i like to use my platform is connecting with brands and yeah. connecting with groups of people who are really 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 focused on like outreach because uh, mm -hmm. i think you know being being a part of this like new age of social media and everything is so immediate like we have this ability to really serve others and help other people mm -hmm. um so that's big to me the, the second thing like i mentioned before is mentorship um so one of the big things for me growing up was um, I, I didn't have anyone or I don't have anyone in my family who really is is in healthcare. Um, no one, not too many people also who really like graduated or went to college um, in terms of like bachelors, nothing really like post uh, post bachelors either, like no masters, no doctoral degrees, anything like that. So um, it was never a hindrance for me. It was never something where I was like, oh, poor me or anything like that. But I, I, it was really something where like I, I saw a need, right? I saw uh, an opportunity that that could be met in terms of like my familial line to to really take that first step into this profession in, in terms of healthcare in terms of pursuing a doctoral level degree um and when i was growing up i didn't really have that i didn't really have any people to look to for that so yeah. i intentionally use my platform to try and be that for other people and really try and offer uh, my inbox or my phone number really to, to, to be able to speak to pre-dental students, pre-nursing students, pre-medical students, just about the path that I've taken and in and, and any way that that can help them, you know, um, yeah. showing them that being a part of medicine, uh, entering the medical field is not something that is as daunting as, you know, headlines or companies or statistics or schools make it out to be. Like, you really can. Now that I'm kind of, like, in this space, I really understand that, like, you can make it. And there's also people who are in these spaces who want to see you make it. So um, there's a lot that I'm doing, especially in wake of everything with the Black Lives Matter movement a lot that I'm doing with my school specifically to make the next generation of black dentists who come to USC at least have them make them have a lot, a lot smoother of a transition. So it's a, it's an interesting time for sure. And it's, Definitely. it's a time where, you know, I really feel like we as minorities, like us as minorities can, can, can do a lot of good and can use our platforms and use our network and our influence to help the next generation. Oh, totally. And you hit on some, really great points right there a, a lot of the and during these chats that i've had recently a, a big topic has been or a topic that's come up various times has been social media and you know how it's a tool that could either be a hindrance and you know make yeah. things really difficult for yourself but it can also be something really great and i love how you are using your platform and your social media in order you know the mentorship part and also the outreach which i think yeah. you know it, people don't realize that it can be so much more than just you know, scrolling through and seeing other people's lives. Um, it can be so much more. And there's um, so many opportunities for impact uh, as well. And I think one of the big, another really big thing that you kind of talked about is that you, you didn't like the importance of representation in these 
you know, fields that, you know, you don't really see people of, you know, uh, of color or, you know, people from like lower socioeconomic um, lives um, yeah. and communities. So I think that's super huge. Um, and, you know, do you want to go into a little bit about how you got into um, dentistry and what sort of, you know, sort of got you started with that? hundred percent. Yeah. So um, dentistry specifically was an interesting path for me. So as I mentioned, I didn't really have too many mentors growing up um, in the healthcare field. I didn't have anyone from my like family specifically, um, but there was one person that I did kind of latch on to later on in my like preteen or teen life, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. When I was in like eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade, I got braces at my orthodontist office. Um, and for the first time when I stepped into his office for the first time, my, me personally and like my family, it was our first black doctor ever. Um, all of our other doctors across the board were always black, even always non-black. Mm -hmm. And so for me growing up, I'm half black, half Filipino. Um, and so for me growing up, uh, I never, I never thought that the doctor like title, the doc, like working in hell, it was not really a thing for me. It was always uh, becoming a doctor in my mind, at least like up here was always something that was reserved solely for like affluent families or like white families. I mean, to be frank, right. Yeah. Um, or, or, or kids who come from that. Like if my mom and dad's a doctor, or my, my dad's a dad, what, like that's, that's just the line of thinking that I had. I don't know where along the lines of me growing up where that was ingrained, but that's just kind of how I thought. And so seeing him, my orthodontist um, acting this way where he, his, his practice was extremely successful. He was always really happy. His staff was always happy. He always had a new BMW in the parking lot. I was like, hey, hey. living. <laughs> I was like, this dude's living life, man. So um, yeah, that, that was like the inception of it. Um, I always mm -hmm. liked my teeth. I don't know why. I was a kid who would stand in front of the mirror and like brush my teeth for 30 seconds in each quadrant and like count. It was, I was OCD about it. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, I think part of it was like me not want to let him down. Like, I, mm -hmm. I I don't know, really. Um, but it was cool. It That was really cool. And he he kind of introduced me to it. Uh, once I was at, US, uh, not at USC, once I was at uh, Bishop O'Dowd, my high school, mm -hmm. when I was a junior, they brought um, like 10 or 12 of us into this room, like into the boardroom. It was kind of strange. It was like there was a USC rep that was coming. And then like 10 of us like secretly got these little like slips to get out of class and we had a meeting with this lady and it was i looked around the room it was like all the people who are in honors classes all the people have 4.0s all the people were like asb presidents and stuff i was like dang like one like how am i in this room i think it was like i mentioned it to my um my counselor at the time and so she brought me in but i saw when i was in that space i saw on the pamphlet that they had a bachelor's major for dental hygiene and I was like, man, I've always been interested in dentistry. I've always wanted to do it. Like, let's give this a shot. And literally since like 11th grade, you know, me having that experience, a positive experience with my dentist who is a black man um, and then being connected to USC in this kind of like God chosen way, I, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It was like fell into my lap. I've been really chasing this dream ever since. Um, and, I, and I've made it a point to every step along this process that I take, be thankful, number one, for mm -hmm. the opportunities that have been uh, been bestowed upon me. And two, make sure that like all these steps that I take, I'm, I'm living in it in real time. I'm not just like, oh, I graduated. That's not a big deal. Like it's a big deal. I graduated from USC. I think it's absolutely incredible. I'm very proud of myself. Um, and I, and I want to, I want to show the next person who wants to go to USC and wants to go into dentistry that it's possible. Like it really is possible. They, they make it seem so much that, 
you know, the statistics say that 10% of all applicants get accepted and even fewer of those are minorities, right? Mm -hmm. If you were to listen to those stats, like you wouldn't get on a plane if it had a 10% chance of landing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. This school, you know, so it's like, I, I really want to show people my story to allow them to defy statistics, say that, that that's not, that's not what you should base your decisions off of. It's really about like your personal outreach and how you want to make an impact. Mm -hmm, totally, man. And yeah. Along your journey, did you, you know, to getting to where you are right now, obviously, you know, you, you talked about how you're like feeling very blessed as well to be able to get those opportunities. Were there times where, you know, you really struggled or, you know, you reached some like big bumps along the way? Big time. Yeah, of course. Um, I think I think like many of us who go away mm -hmm. for college, it's 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 the, your first time away from your family, usually, unless you go to college like uh, locally. Mm -hmm. um, but that was a really big thing for me, uh, being away from my family, being even though I was just in Southern California and my family's up in the Bay Area. Uh, that was really tough for me. Um, couple that with the fact that I'm at USC, which is like a very difficult school um, academically. Yeah. Um, and then I was taking all the same classes at like pre-med, like traditional pre-med hyper competitive um, students are taking it was a very very daunting and overwhelming experience for sure mm -hmm. um you can ask robel like there were there were plenty of times where during that first year there i even told him i was like dude it's, it's hard for me to make friends down here man it's mm -hmm. like i feel like i'm in a different world i feel like i feel like i'm not supported there's not that many minorities here i was oftentimes the only black student in my class which is crazy um yeah. we're, we're in south central los angeles you know it's, it's it, it blew really blew my mind um and it was kind of a culture shock for me but um yeah there there, there were that was the first time i think the second time was when i actually decided to go back to dental school so um as i mentioned earlier i, I had a two-year gap in between when i graduated dental hygiene and when i started dental school 15 to 17. and so during the second year of that two-year gap i i literally took a three-month break from working as a dental hygienist and i studied for the entrance exam, which is the, the DAT, similar to the MCAT. Mm -hmm. um, and I literally, I, I was in the Bay Area. So I would go to uh, Starbucks on MacArthur right off of 580. Um, I would literally show up at 9 a.m., uh, get my seat in the corner, and I'd be there until 5 or 6 p.m. Every wow. single day for like three months. Yeah. Um, I mean, a couple of days I took off, went to the gym or whatever. But like for the most part, I was there like 95% of those days during that three-month period. Um I took the exam, uh, my entrance exam only took it once. I did well enough to where, where I was able to apply and get accepted. But it's like that process of really betting on yourself mm -hmm. and, and not knowing what the outcome is going to be. I, I walked away from an apartment in Culver City, like 10 minutes from the beach, uh, like making really good money coming out of, as a dental hygienist from USC. I was living life down here. I walked away from all of it um, with this idea, dream and conception of like being something more than I ever thought I could be. Mm -hmm. um, and I think like taking that leap of faith um, and being successful at it, begs me and like really pulls me in to like share that story and share that experience and share that motivation for somebody else who is maybe fearful of taking that step. Yeah. How did you, how are you able to, you know, deal with those situations? You talked about, you know, being the only black person in your entire class and how it felt very daunting and the difficulty of creating friends and not having that support system. How were you able to get through all of that and, you know, get to where you are now? What, you know, was it, mental thing was it reaching out to family was it you know 
Yeah, I think a combination of all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a really good, I mean, Robel and I, for, for, for instance, have been friends for 15 plus years, you know, mm-hmm. and, and for every Robel and I's relationship, there's another like five or six from a high school where it's just as strong. Yeah. And so having that network has been really, 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 really big. Um, obviously my family too. I come from a bigger family. I have an older brother, younger sister, younger brother. Um, we're all really close. And then my, my mom and dad, obviously also. So, um, you know, having, having their backing, having their support, my older brother at some points in time helped me pay my tuition. There were times where I didn't, I didn't even think I could afford going to USC anymore. He literally was like, bro, here's my account number for like transfer, whatever you need. And I'll be like eternally grateful for that. You know, it's like those moments. And like, I have a snapshot in my mind of where I was walking on campus with my bike, like literally thinking, is this my last day? And he bailed me out, you know? So things like that, um, that not only made it easier to succeed, but like kind of propelled me and pushed me forward to where plan B is not an option. Like it's, there's no, there's, there is no other option than to be successful. There's no other option than to succeed. Um, it puts you in a corner and, and it makes me feel like I'm very, uh, it's a very solitude experience. Like it's a very like, mm-hmm. like scary experience to go through something like that and, and, and feel like you're the only one that has your back and feel like you can't, I literally can't go back to the barrier without this degree because I'm letting my family down. Like that wasn't, a, it yeah. was not an option for me. Um, so when it comes to answer your question, when it comes to me being the only black male in my class or me getting called out when there's a statistic about African-Americans or, okay, Levi, what do you, like all those types of conversations. Yeah. I, it, it was never a point where I'm like, I'm going to, I take this personally or i feel uncomfortable it was just like gotta get through it man you gotta get through it and, and, and usc is just another brick wall that i gotta break through another hurdle i have to get over to get to this bigger bag that is becoming the first doctor in my family yeah man that i mean that's so great to hear i was, i think family in my situation as well family has been such a big part of my support system throughout the years and you know some people don't have that support system and, yeah you know, they they get stuck and they just you know they don't have those people to rely on and you know it's really cool to hear how you know your brother did that for you and yeah and it's like in a sense it, it's it puts a lot of pressure but it also it motivates you to, to a whole different degree too big time yeah man that, that's incredible and um and so did you ever feel like you know, did it ever get to the point where like, I can't do this anymore, like I'm done? Um, or have you just been like, you know, like you, like we said, just like, you know what, I just gotta keep pushing through or? Yeah, I mean, of, of course, there, there were times where, <clears throat> where I felt like I was done. Um, did that feeling of me being done, me being exhausted, me being tired, was that ever heavier than the feeling and the weight of like, needing to be successful and needing to go back to my like n- never it was never even in comparison mm-hmm. like eric thomas uh hip-hop preacher right he, he had this this video so funny this is crazy he had this video where he talks about the kid who's like training at the beach and then you know it's like a long little parable story mm-hmm. but like the, he's, he's a trainer and holds the kid's water under holds his head underwater and, and then when he brings him up he was like you have to want to be successful more than you want to breathe like that's how bad you have to want this, you know? And so when I think of my life in terms of like the grind and like the grit and the hustle, like I don't, I don't, when someone tells me, okay, you have to go to the library and study 30 hours for one exam and you have to do that multiple times for multiple classes for years on end, it, I don't blink an eye. 
I really don't. I, I'm not scared. I don't fret. Like I, I, I'm like, okay, let's get after it. Like, what do I have to know? What do I have to learn? Like, what can I, what can I learn today to be better for my patients? That's how I look at it now, you know. Um, and in, in my desire, my hunger, my, my, it's like a tenacity that I have about yeah. me as far as like achieving my goals. It, it far surpasses any kind of like in the moment doubt of myself in the moment like damn like i don't know if i could if i'm gonna pass this test i don't know if i'm if i'm gonna have the right answer to this question and that's not always in a classroom sometimes it's in front of a patient in a clinic with a gown on and a faculty standing over my neck like sometimes that's the the framework in which i have to work wow, in, yeah. you know but it's like I'm, I'm, I'm constantly telling myself that like these opportunities where you feel super uncomfortable, these opportunities where you feel almost threatened, the opportunities where you have to where you're like that, like, oh shit moment, you know, mm -hmm. those, are the, those are the moments that I'm learning from the most. Those are the moments that where, where I'm able to grow and I'm able to really like add to, to my tool belt as far as like me having this sense of like, just, just, just like grit, man, like no, nothing's going to shake me. Nothing is because there's been so many things in my past that that have had the potential to break me, but yeah. nothing has then. So like, why are we stopping now? You know what I mean? Yeah, man. And I, there's this saying that I've heard a lot is this um, seek discomfort. Mm. Um, and, you know, this idea and that's the whole this idea of chase stories as well. And something that this little mantra that it started off as a little mantra that I told myself you know, chase stories, get out of your comfort zone, do things, you know, to create those memories and, you know, that you'll look back on that you you, you can say, you know what, I'm really happy I decided to do that. I'm happy I decided to push through, you know, it was super important that, you know, it was tough at the start, but at the end, because I continued chasing it, you know, look at where I am now. I love it. It's, you know, it's super important to that, like you said, those tough moments, those times where you feel really uncomfortable and where you're pushed to the brink at times, those are the times where you learn the most and where you grow the most, the personal development, the stuff that you need to grow in order to achieve your dreams or do whatever in life. You know, you need those moments. Yeah. It used to feel good. It used it used to feel yeah. good for me when like someone would say, Oh my God, good job. Like, oh, like great, great job. Oh, you did well. And like it used to feel good as a kid, like being naive, not really knowing too much about the world in like high school, like all that used to feel great. But my, you know, 4.0, the one time I got one uh, report card on the on the fridge, <laughs> that felt great. But now it's like it's like we kind of been there, done that. You know what I mean? We walk the stage. We have the degrees. We have that. We had money. We had no money. Like it's, it's like we, we've kind of been there. And so now it's about exactly what you just said about seeking discomfort, mm -hmm. seeking discomfort, and surrounding yourself with people who are going to challenge you and be a better version of yourself. Because for for, for us, like the world is not going to offer anything to us. The world is not going to hand anything to us. Like we got to go out there and take it. And yeah. I think really the only way you can do that is by doing exactly what you said, like chasing, really chasing these stories and, 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 and seeking it out. I love it. Hell yeah, man, for sure. And, you know, I was just thinking too, you know, a lot that you can have this grand idea of what you want to do with your life. And it's, it's very, at times romanticized, you know, yes. you think like, you know, I'm just going to get there. Let's just say you, for example, you know, I'm going to be a dentist. I want to be a dentist. I'm going to help people, you yeah. know, all that stuff. But, and once you start doing it, there is going to be a time where you're going to be, you know, there are going to be the hurdles. There are going to be the challenges. You're going to be, you're going to have to step up to the plate. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're going to have to grind. And, you know, some people don't realize that, especially when you're when you're trying to follow your dreams and do that. Like, it's super important. You know, you, you need to be, you know, focus your energy on some stuff that you want to do because that's fulfilling. But also you need to realize as well that you're going to have to put in the work, too. Yeah. And um, 
I don't think that's been brought up enough in these chats too, that, you know, there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be times where you need to really, really just grind in order to, to yeah. do what you want to do with your life. And there are going to be people who doubt you or whatever, um, but you got to push through it because at the end it's, it's totally worth it. Yeah. And I think that's been, speaking of mantras, I think that's been my mantra for this last year of my dental school experience. Mm -hmm. Like my last year in LA, like after I graduate, hopefully graduate in May of next year, I'll, I probably am never going to live in LA again. I'll visit frequently. I have a lot of friends and colleagues here. Um, But my mantra for this last year has, has, has really been exactly that. Just like get, just get after it, man. Like really just grind um, hustle and, and, and just like learn as much as I can during this time. So, yeah. Definitely. Um, let's talk a little bit about your service because that's become, um, just from talking to you the other day, it, it's become, it seems like it's a really big part of who you are and what you do. Um, you want to talk a little bit about some of your experiences and, you know, some of the, the stuff that you were telling me the other day too about, you know, with sure. the, the migrant workers too. Hundred percent. Yeah. So there. So the the way I'm able to achieve this goal of like really serving others um, through the vein of dentistry is twofold: um, both domestic service and then international service. Mm-hmm. So I will say that my love for service really started in another country in Guatemala. Uh, my first year in 2015, my first year as a dental hygienist, my boss at that time was also a dental hygienist turned dentist. So she worked as a dental hygienist uh, for nine years in private practice. And then she was like, okay, I want to go back and get my doctorate and become a dentist. And so after she graduated dental school, she went on uh, service service trips to Guatemala every year, like every single year. She shuts down her office for like two weeks in the summer um, and then goes travels to Guatemala. We all pay for this, too. Like it's not sponsored by yeah. any company. So we save around the clock to uh, be able to pay for our flight, pay for our trip, like pay for all of our travel expenses going there. And then also like try to make up for the fact that we're not working for two weeks. We're literally working for free for a full pay period. Um, so it just takes some planning, some financial planning. Um, but I'll get to it. That, that the fact that like, obviously it's more than worth it and absolutely rewarding. Um, so when I was there, uh, I mentioned this before, but as a dental hygienist, you have the opportunity to do local anesthesia. So like I can numb areas of the mouth. I can do like cleanings, deep cleanings. Um, I can, I can do exams, like pre-screenings for the doctors, things like that, but I can't do everything. So as a hygienist, you can't extract teeth, you can't uh, do fillings, you can't do like long-term like restorative needs, you can do like a lot of prevention stuff. Okay. And so when we were there, the 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 hospital we were working in was completely overwhelmed, obviously. Um, these people, some of these people hadn't had cleanings in their entire life. So I was treating like 55, 60-year-old people, women, men, who hadn't had a teeth cleaning in their entire life. I mean, most people in the States go every six months, these people had you know, like had never, ever been. And so um, it's very tough work, like hard on my back, hard on my hands, that kind of thing. But it was super rewarding just in the things and conversations that we would have. I, I don't speak Spanish. Unfortunately, I really am trying to learn. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but they would say things just like, 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 God bless your soul. Like, mm-hmm. thank you for coming to my country. Thank you for like serving my people. Like, not just like, okay, thanks, doc. See you later. You know, it's like, like, yeah. like deep, like, like, like it's love, you know, and, and I really felt it. Um, even though we didn't speak the same language, I feel like my ability to serve translated and really transcended the language barrier. Um, Mm -hmm. And so on my way home from that trip, literally on the flight home, I was like, man, I can't, I can't 
I can't go about my life just being limited in my capacity to be able to, to serve. Like, I, 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 I don't like that. I don't like that. I'm throttled in my ability to really help these people. And so literally from that trip, I quit my job as a dental hygienist um, within a couple of weeks of the trip. And then I took my moved home, as I mentioned before, took my mm -hmm. DAT, applied to dental school and then got accepted into dental school all within nine months of leaving Guatemala uh, because the trip really inspired me that much. My first mission trip abroad. Um, that was in 2016. Since then, I've gone to um, Nicaragua in 2017. That's this shirt I have on right now, actually. Hey, that's great. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Uh, Nicaragua 2017. I went to uh, Panama in 2018. 2019, I went to India in November. I went to the Philippines in December. And then this like three months ago or four months ago in March, I went to the Dominican Republic. Yeah. So those are the six international dental humanitarian trips I've been on. Um, that's the international part. And then in terms of domestic, uh, I'm involved with a group at USC in my dental school of volunteer dental students. We we volunteer to go um, anywhere as as far north as Fresno, like middle of California for people who aren't, aren't familiar, and as far south, um, like borderline Mexico um, in San Diego. Uh, so we travel. And the idea behind the travel is that we're following the um, – the uh, patterns of migrant farmers. So based on whatever ag agricultural season it is, there, there's farmers that will travel like from city to city all over, you know, central and southern California. And our goal is to work with the youth that are uh, part of those families. And so we literally start our clinic at as early as like 7 or 8 a.m. And then sometimes the the students who are serving, the, the, the patients who are serving in these populations, they're in the fields working until 6 p.m. So they don't get to us until 7. Dental work is not not like that. And so yeah. we're working until like 1 or 2 a.m. sometimes, literally pulling like 14, 15 hour days. Um, but at the end of the nights, you know, like more doing these clinics, people are bumping music, we're cleaning up, we're wiping stuff down, we're dancing. Like it's, <laughs> it's just, it's a, it's a feeling that you get that's unparalleled because you're with people who are doing things like out of the goodness of their heart and the true essence of service, which is to like put your own discretions, put your own feelings, put your own emotions aside and really just serve other people. I think as healthcare providers, it is, it's absolutely essential that that be our primary focus. If you mm -hmm. want to go and graduate and work in Beverly Hills, I'm not shading anyone who does that. That's just not my cup of tea. And so this group that I work with, we're all kind of cut from the same cloth. And so we go on these trips and we spend this this time and all these hours and hours of like learning and working and laughing and like all this stuff it's it's just it's an experience that i will never ever give up for the rest of my entire life one because of how it makes me feel like having that impact on other people and two because of like all of the amazing patients i get to work with these are the humblest people and the most gratified like like just happy like very very thankful people uh, that i've ever worked with yeah man and you know I think if someone has not gotten a chance to do either a service trip or, you know, use their talents in that way in order to give yeah. back to their, either their community or another community, whatever. Um, I definitely think that that's something that should be, um, you know, that that's something that an opportunity that everyone should seek and yeah. put themselves in because um, first of all, it gives you a, a different perspective on life yeah. um, working with people who may not be in the same situation as you and have you know maybe you know having a, a more difficult time and not be as as blessed as you may be and it, it really makes you look back and reflect on and be grateful for what you have 
um, as well as, you know, the, like you said, the feeling of either using your talents or your time in order to help. Um, there's, there's really no, no feeling like that. It's, it's, it's unparalleled. There's, there's something so special and so fulfilling about being able to do that and, and, you know, help, help others. And in a sense, whenever I've done it, because I've done, um, service trips to the Dominican Republic and, you know, yeah. we work with at-risk youth and, you know, spending time in the schools and, and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> and I always feel that whenever I go, I always end up getting so much more back than what I'm putting in. It, 100%. It, and I, I think for any thing like that, like it doesn't have to be, you know, going to a different country. I think it, it, any opportunity like that, you're really going to get so much more back and just the people, the experiences, the the shared moments. It's so yeah. like it's it really is something that everybody should get an opportunity to do. I agree. I agree. And um yeah man, I, I'm I haven't gotten a chance like financial reasons to, to go back to the DR recently and obviously COVID, but very much looking forward to the next time. Essentially over there they've become my second family because I've gone like five or six times and you yeah, know absolutely love fun. love the place. Um, let's talk a little bit about your mentorship stuff. Have you gotten a chance, like, do you do like one-on-one -on -one stuff or is it just mostly just, you know, speaking through your platform and, and you know, giving people opportunities to like chat back and forth with you? Uh, a, a mix of both. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I try, I try to, um, end a lot of my <clears throat> like Instagram posts and stuff where I talk about my experience. I try to end a lot of them by saying things like, if you're a pre-dental student, if you're pre-med, whatever, feel free to reach out to me. Mm -hmm. um, I'll try to help in any way that I can help. Um, so through that vein, I've been able to connect with a lot of people, um, just like through DMs and stuff over social media. Um, but but past that, just like mm -hmm. messaging back and forth, I do I do prefer to do just like one-on-one -on -one calls. Yeah. Um, I'll do, because right now uh, I have a long commute. I'm going from... Um, downtown LA out to Valencia. So it's about like 40 miles. Um, and that's my commute for work. So I'm driving between like 70, 80 miles a day. And mm -hmm. so what I, what I try and do actually is schedule calls with, uh, pre-dental students, um, during those times, just like kind of kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's been really successful. I'd say I'm probably doing like maybe like two a week, I'd say. Um, and just like check-ins, like helping trying to help people with like their personal statements trying to help people with like their path in terms of dentistry their path in terms of medicine um i had a call with this gal like literally three days ago and she was asking about anesthesia like what is dental anesthesia because that, that's the residency that i'm applying to mm -hmm. um and we had like an hour-long conversation we ended up talking about how you know she had some struggles during her first year of dental school but she's looking forward to kind of rectifying those um and it just develops into a, like a real authentic relationship you know i feel like when you come across it's like truly just trying to help people trying to lend a helping hand like as not even that much of a of a senior to them but just like a little bit older having a little bit more experience i really it really has the, the power to do wonders like beyond what i even thought like i a lot of these students i'm following up with like over years like kids i met or students i met during my first year um while i was at the dental school they're now entering dental school it's like it's just it's really 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 a cool sight to see um but I seek it out, man. I, I really do seek it out. It's 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 something that I feel uh, again is like my obligation and my I, I enjoy doing it. It's like it's it's not a chore for me at all. Um, and I want to see these people win. I want to see people around me win. I want to see people who look like me win. I want to see people who have the same like core beliefs in terms of service, in terms of like family. 
I want to see these people win. So I'll do whatever it takes to try and help in whatever little way I can. Yeah, man. And we need more people <clears throat> like that for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, just wanting, you know, those wanting to see their, their people win, you know, and, yeah. and succeed. I think it's so big. Um, and being that friend to others and, and, you know, providing that support, we all need it. And, um, you know, some more than others, especially they can be going through a really tough time and, you know, yeah. being that person can really change someone's life when you don't even recognize, like you may not realize it in the moment, but yeah. you know, they, you know, just something you say, you know, a little action, whatever, it can really, really affect somebody in a positive way. Yeah, I agree. Man, that's awesome. I, you know, I, it's, I've been very blessed. I think looking back on, on my experiences to been able to meet so many great uh, mentors and, and have people in my life that have really, you know, told me that you can do it, you can succeed. And I think it's, it's been great that you're using your platform in that way. And, you know, and I'm, I'm sure that the people that have been following up with you are, are probably very grateful that you were able to yeah. help them throughout the way. Yeah. And I think you too, man. Like, honestly, I think, I think a lot of these conversations will happen around the dinner table or will happen with our friends when we're all back home from college or we'll, they'll happen during holidays and stuff. Right. Very anecdotal. Right. Like it's, yeah. it's like we tell our stories to each other. We motivate each other. We inspire each other. And then sometimes I'm not going to say it dies, but it stays right there. Right. Mm -hmm. But doing something like what you're doing right now about being like really intentional about sharing these stories and like chasing these things out, yeah. um, I think is, is absolutely amazing because, um, it articulates so, so well to like how our generation and Gen Z, if you want to call them that, like how we consume, we consume like through this type of, this type of media. And I yeah. think um, the, uh, having the ability to document it and having the, the ability to like take this, put it in a ball, put it through the channel somewhere and like uh -huh. make it into this crazy feel. It's just, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible because it doesn't not, not everyone has to be in that circle where we're home from college and we're talking, we're drinking a little bit and showing, sharing our, our, our crazy yeah. stories about how we overcame being the only minority in school. You know, like we're not the only ones that get to be a part of that. Now mm -hmm. we get to share this story and share it with potentially millions across the globe, you know? So I think it's absolutely incredible that you're taking this on for yourself and for all yeah. of us too. Hey man, I really appreciate that. It, it definitely it started off as, as just a small idea, and I'm like, other people need to be hearing these sorts of things, yeah. and, and I think it would have helped me more as well uh, trying to figure out what I wanted to do if if I had heard more of these and you know these sorts of talks and you know been a part of more of these things too. And that's why I'm intentionally doing those things in yeah. order. You know, it's not it's not just it's it is a lot for me too you know i'm i'm learning a lot through all of these talks and i'm really hoping that you know even if it's just one person but hopefully it can create a huge impact where you know people can really feel inspired or motivated or whatever they can take something from these talks and really apply it to their life and hopefully make things a little better or you know help them chase whatever dream they're doing 100% so levi where do you so you're finishing up you're hoping to graduate where do you kind of see yourself? What's your plan? Do you have a plan or are you just kind of taking it day by day? Yeah. So my plan um, as of right now is to finish dental school. Um, mm -hmm. So as I said before, I'm in my fourth year of dental school. Dental school is, is same, the same um, calendar school year. So we go from um, August until May. 
uh, that's like our, our, our calendar. And so I would, uh, be graduating in May of 2021. I'd be a dentist, be a doctor. Um, so excited. Um, yeah, man, but I'm, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm applying. I just submitted my application, uh, last week actually for a specialty. So I apply. So how it works in dentistry is you don't have to pursue a specialty. Um, when you're in medicine, like when you go to medical school, you have to. So medical school is four years didactic. Like you work with some patients during your third and fourth year also, but after those four years of medical school, wherever you go, you apply to residency, you apply to like whatever specialty you want to pursue, whether it be like gastroenterology, whether it be neurosurgery, whether it be dermatology, um, whatever you want to, whatever field of medicine you want to get into, uh, you apply and then you get accepted to residency or you don't get accepted. Uh, and then you like take a gap year. But mo I mean, most people get accepted into residency mm -hmm. and then you pursue your, your residency career that way. And then after that, you start practicing as whatever specialist in medicine you want to practice as. Uh, in dentistry, it's a little bit different. You, you can graduate from dental school in four years. Um, some schools are three-year programs, but for the most part, they're four years. And you can start practicing right after you graduate, after you walk the, walk the stage, take your board exams, and you can start practicing. You can open your own practice, run your own business. You can buy into a practice. You can work as an associate. You can work for a corporate, like a Western Dental or something like that. Um, but for me, uh, I want to pursue a specialty. So I want to pursue a specialty in dental anesthesiology. Um, so our top three patient populations as dentists, anesthesiologists, um, are needle phobic patients, pediatric patients, and um, special needs patients. So those those three groups of, of patients, typically you can't just sit them down in a dental chair, stick a needle in their mouth and say, okay, just like hold still for me. You know, yeah. like it's tough. It's tough for anybody. It's tough for me to get shots in my mouth, let alone someone who's like maybe not there all the way mentally. Right. Um, and so because of that, the field of dental anesthesiology is really emerging. Um, you have the ability as a dentist anesthesiologist to put somebody to sleep 100%, uh, like under general anesthesia where they won't remember, they won't, um, they'll detect very low levels of pain, but even that they won't remember it. Um, you can really kind of monitor their surgery um, all the while. And so that's what's in it for me. Um, I The residency is three years long. All the programs are on the East Coast. So for the first time, I'll be out of LA. Oh, wow. uh, and I'll put, hopefully be in New York. That's my number one right now. Um, interviews are coming up soon. And then I'll find out where I'm placed, uh, if I am placed, you know, God willing, in, in November. So uh, after May, I would do dental anesthesiology residency for three more years uh, and graduate. I'll be done with school completely in 2024. Um, and then at that point, uh, I, my plan is to come back to the Bay Area. Uh, I want to open up shop in Oakland, uh, East Bay. Like that's that's my mm -hmm. goal. Um, I have a bunch of connections in San Francisco where I kind of work during my breaks from school here in LA. Um, so I could like, potentially try to start something there also. But as of right now, the goal is to is to work over in Oakland kind of be a part of that community. You know, I, yeah. I really I really want to be a part of that community in whatever way I can. Um, Robel and I, we always say this, like at some point in time, we're going to be back in the Bay Area. We're going to coach JV basketball together. That's another <laughs> goal of mine. No, 100%. Like we're we're going to be it, man. We're going to be the, the coaches. We're going to do head co-head coach, however you want to call it, um, and coach these guys up. But uh, I think I think having 
the ability to like go back to our high school, go back to our community and be a staple there and show them, hey, man, this is my path. I walked this line. If you want to walk a similar one, I got you. If you want to walk a different one, I know people who did it. So let's let's do it together, you know, and not not have it be such of like a individual battle. Like it doesn't it doesn't have to be that hard. You know, it doesn't have to be this miracle story that each of us make it out of our communities and each of us make it to be successful. Like it can be something that can be paved a little bit easier. And I think that we play a huge role in doing that for the next generation. Yeah, totally, man. We got to pull each other up. That's uh, yeah. you know, once somebody gets there, just pull up the next person. And yeah. hopefully continues that chain and create a huge impact in the long yeah. run. 100%. And so you are going to have to join us one of these days on our Verobel's virtual workout squad thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was there. So in LA, the gym's open for a little while. So I, uh -huh. I've been in the gym pretty much every day. Uh, but yeah, I was there for like two, two, two uh, virtual workout squad sessions uh, like two weeks ago. Uh -huh. um, yeah, but then the gym opened back up, but now it's clo it's closed again in LA. So yeah. I have no other option. Uh, <laughs> I took today off. I've been in the gym like the past five days in a row, but I'll be there. I'll be there tomorrow for sure. Good. Yeah. I mean, I took today. I took today off too. But I just remember the first time I went, I was just you know I'd been coming out super out of shape. I yeah. injured my leg playing soccer a while ago, and yeah. I just never got back into it. And literally. It was on a Saturday where they have longer um, yeah. and harder sessions. So yeah. I had to turn off my volume and my video because I was dry heaving. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's funny. Getting after it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know, it, it's been uh, it's been great being able to do that. Yeah. So how do you – I think you already gave me a glimpse of the stuff that you enjoy doing. Obviously, basketball, it sounds like. Uh, yeah. How do you, you de-stress? How do you know – what are some things that you enjoy doing outside of, you know, dentistry? I, I love being with my family. That's mm -hmm. number one. I come up, I go up to the Bay Area whenever I get the chance. If I have like three or four days off in a row um, away from the hospital, I'll, I'll, I'll go up there and hang out with them. Um, that's number one. Uh, I, I definitely like to get outdoors. Uh, we're, we're planning a trip for my mom's birthday later in August where we're going on a houseboat. Super oh, excited no. for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, man. I mean, in LA, there's so many things to do when, when things are open, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But there's so many things to do. So there's a bunch of rooftop scenes down here, a bunch of like museums and stuff, some cool parks. So I like to get out and explore a little bit. You know, I, I, I'm telling myself, it's kind of like, um, you know, the, the Jordan, Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, right? Yeah. So my, my roommate, my roommate's in law school and he's um he's a fourth year in law school because he's doing a night program. He's a, a full-time NBA basketball agent. And oh. so yeah, he does that during the day and then goes to law school at night. And so it's four years as opposed to three. So we, we have the same trajectory in terms of years in school. And so we, we keep saying that both of us, this is our last dance, you know, our, our last year. Uh, for me, last year in L.A., he'll, he's from L.A., so he'll probably be here going forward. But um, for me, definitely my last year in L.A., and I'm trying to take advantage of it, trying to trying to soak it all in, um, you know, because I know when, when, when I hit, hopefully when I go to New York, um, I'm – I'm not really going to see the light of day most days. So, uh, yeah, it's all good. I'm excited. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, what was I going to ask? Oh, I had a question. Uh, how can we, as in the people watching it and myself, what would be the best way to support you and, you know, your goal, your dream, whatever? Uh, that's a great question. Wow, I don't think I've ever been asked that question. Um, wow. I'd say uh, I'd, I'd say the biggest thing is continue to pay it forward, you know, continue to pay it forward. I, I think I think um, I think this this mantra of us 
all being all in, like really like us all buying in and, and just helping each other out, supporting each other mm-hmm. in whatever capacity you can. It doesn't always have to be like financial. It doesn't always have to be, you know, with your time. But if it's even just like, I don't know, lending a helping hand to someone, like picking up, tra- I don't know, doing doing your part um, as far as like really trying to make positive steps in, in this life that we have, like I think is really the biggest thing. Um, I think we, we all have an opportunity to really love more across lines. Like we have the opportunity to like pay it forward a, a little bit more, you know? Um, and, uh, and, and, and I think having us all as a collective adopt that attitude of, of, of not really being segregated and not like having these implicit biases um, goes a long way for everyone, makes everyone's job a little bit easier. So yeah, man, I, I appreciate the question. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. People haven't asked me that, but when I was I was thinking of questions, um, as I was sort of you know I have like this set of questions that to fall back on, and one yeah. of them was like how how can we best support you? And I mean, there's like been I know like people who are creatives, you do photography, videography, whatever, and so like that's like kind of catered to them. But then I thought it could be you know catered to everybody, and you know just yeah. like you don't really know what people are going through, and you know there's I mean even like a text message at times can be you know like, it's like reaching out. Um, can be super important as well. Um, what's the best way to reach you if people want to, you know, hear more about your story or, or mentorship or whatnot? What's the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my uh, my Instagram handle is the best way. Um, from there, we can forge, you know, any type of relationship, whether it be over email or over phone. Uh, my Instagram is dental guy underscore Levi. So yeah, and I'll, I'll include that in the video and in yeah. the description as well. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah, and, and again, I, I I mean it when I say it. I don't I don't say this loosely. Uh, anyone who needs help in terms of like medicine, in terms of my platform, however I can help in any capacity, like I really mean it. Like I, I don't say it just to say it. I'll carve out five minutes, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, an hour of my day to really like have that conversation with someone who doesn't feel like they have any mentors. So this is really important to me. Yeah, totally. And um, oh man. Well, I'm blanking on the last thing I was going to ask you. I literally had it on the top of my head. Oh, from your story, you know, what do you want people to get out of your story? And, you know, what we've talked about today, what would you say is, is uh, you can say more than one thing. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. Want to get out of it. I think the number one thing is is don't don't listen to the statistics. So if, if, if it's, and what I mean by that is if a school says like on their on their website, oh, we accept 15 percent of all applicants or if a dental program says, you know, only this percentage of people pass this exam or only these qualified applicants, only these test scores get accepted into our school. Don't listen to that. Don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. Don't listen to it for a second. If you let those uh, brick walls, I like to call them, if you let those kind of creep in your mind and cement themselves, they'll stay there forever. Um, if I if I were to, to 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 listen to those stats, I wouldn't be half as educated, if you want to say that, as I am. I wouldn't I wouldn't have gotten into half of these programs that I've been in 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 in, in you know my life thus far. I wouldn't have traveled to half the countries I've been to, um, and so. That's the number one thing. Use find mentors. There's people who who look like you, people who don't look like you, who want to help you. So find those mentors, and if you feel like you can't find them, I'll help you find them for real. Like I I, I know really good people, and one of my missions is to connect good people with people who want to work hard, man. People mm-hmm. who are down for the fight. If you're down to like get after it and really chase your dreams by any means necessary. Let's let's do it. Like let's let let's let's go for the ride. Because either it's gonna be me or someone else who's gonna help you along that process. Yeah, man, totally. 
Levi, seriously, thank you so much. It was it's been great talking to you. I hope in the future we can do a. I've been wanting to because some so many of these people are on their journey still and figuring yeah. stuff out and they're they're going through it. Um, that I really want to in the future do or like recap things and see how things are going and what new things they've been able to learn and accomplish 100%. along the way. So uh, hopefully in the future um, we can get back together and do another one of these. And also whenever you're in the bay, you, me and Robel. I'll shoot some hoops with you guys too. A basketball sharp shooter from behind the line. Spot up. 100%. 100%, man. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I said it earlier, but I really can't thank you enough for, you know, taking the time to to, to host this. It, it's 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 going to have an impact. I really think that is beyond, like we said, it's it's beyond anything that we, we can potentially imagine. So mm -hmm. um, kudos to you to really taking your time and your talents and like your skills in photography and videography to put something like this together so the network is going to keep growing it's going to keep getting bigger and i'm excited to be a part of it hey man i really appreciate that and you know i'm just here for the journey we'll see where this ends up in a yeah uh, hopefully something big but you know we're here for it yeah 100 <laughs> thanks man have a good night thank you yeah so man much. you too appreciate it cheers brother